Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. DJ PK, Jake Scott's in for David James, Patrick Canaan, and joining us now, the radio play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz. We're out here supporting Craig Bowlerjack in his golf tournament, uh, combating breast cancer. Uh, it's a pleasure to be out here. How's it going over there, David? You're making a mess. What's I going on, man? I got a bloody nose. I mean, I go, like, all ruined my shirt and what, all sorts of garbage. Like, I don't know. Maybe I was picking, and I didn't even realize. If it was my kid, if it was my kid I'd be like, you're picking. That's a lot of crumbs right there. I know. And then I had to eat a muffin because my, you know how your stomach feels after you have a bloody nose. Oh, that's true. Uh, PK, we've got some news. Uh, we, it, ironically enough, we were talking about Muhammad Ali, and we were talking about if there was an athlete that uh, passed away that would generate a similar response. And unfortunately, a, a, a legend has passed away. Yeah, I'm looking on Twitter, and they're saying multiple reports are that Gordie Howe has died at age 88. And obviously, he was a hockey legend. When did he wrap up his career? You're oh, my like, gosh. Which time? Yeah. Which time? <laughs> he, he kept – didn't he play into like 50? Six, six, six decades, right? <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, incredible. When I would play Trivial Pursuit, whenever that game came out, and it'd have a hockey question, I'd always ask, answer Gordie Howe. Just because you're bound – it's like answering yeah. C on a multiple-choice question. Like, you're bound to be right, <laughs> right like, 25% of the time. Because it's for, from ho- for hockey purposes, he was that big of a legend. No, wait. You don't need to say any. Here's all you need to know. Do you know what his nickname is? Mr. Hockey. Like, that's it. Like, there's not a Mr. Football. There's not a Mr. Basketball. There's not a Mr. Baseball. He's Mr. Hockey. Well, there's Johnny Football. No, there's not. What I would agree with that. But there are misters locally, like Mr. Padre, Tony Gwynn. Yeah. So you do have that, but there that's, hasn't been a, that's a, great point. a superstar that just overwhelms the sport. Mr. Cub, yeah, there you go. Yeah. But, uh, but this guy was Mr. Hockey. Yeah. Mr. Sports Radio, Gordon Monson. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's or true. Or Mr. Columnist. You really could go either way with Gordon. Yeah. Uh, Really? Gordon goes. Never mind. Oh, oh! I just PK'd. Hey, hey! I PK'd. Uh, David, the uh, the Jazz working out players today. A couple of local guys: uh, Collinsworth, Akari Tucker. Yeah, I don't care uh, about them. Yeah, not so much. No, uh, I'm going to see Denzel Valentine and uh, Gary Payton's son. Now, I know you uh, usually can't uh, get too specific with He's this. He's a second round pick, isn't he? Yeah, but he might be an interesting second-round pick. Okay. Um, right, like, I'll do that. I mean, I'm trying Nor- – yeah. Norman Powell out of UCLA last year turned out to be a really good player for Toronto. and Great body. And so I think you're trying to find that guy. My, yeah, sure. And interestingly, the two guys I have found so far who I think might be that guy are both Pac-12 guys, um, Wallace out of Cal uh-huh. um, and Peyton out of Oregon State. Okay. Have they had anybody in that they really like? And I know you can't get too specific with this, but I, I've heard you talk about it before. Like uh, last year, they Trey Lyles just blew him away with a specific drill, right, with that uh, corner three or whatever. And Rudy, and also obviously, he played with the ball in his hands, a lot of that work. Yeah. Has there been anybody? He had that great workout. That has uh, kind of provoked How, that reaction? Uh, 
I have not been at every workout, so I can't answer that question. Um, they've had, you know, what this draft is is really different in the sense that from about nine to thirty-four, there doesn't seem to be. It's an eye and beholder. It's not a clear like you can't go get thirty general managers to agree on who like nine through eighteen is. Uh, and so they've had a bunch of those players in uh, Malachi Richardson, who's this incredible body out of Syracuse, great length. But I think he shot under 40 percent, both from from uh, two and and I maybe even below 30 percent from three. That's that's tough, right? You're trying to he's got everything else going for him. But at some point, the point of the game is put the ball in the hoop. Uh, or prevent the other team from doing it. He certainly can do that. Uh, DeJounte Murray was in just the other day, who's a really interesting player out of Washington. 6'5", six, 6'9 six, wingspan, arms. 6'10 with the afro. 6'10". <laughs> Thank you, uh, Fletch. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want to get into too much of the workout stuff because, you know, that's I'm allowed to go until I do give up too much. But just even watching him on film, the same things I saw in the workout, I mean, this... There's just sometimes where you just have a skill set that's different than anyone else. So, I mean, when he's got it on the dribble on the wing and he's got any forward momentum and he takes, he puts the pedal down, he's getting places in two steps that you just don't get in two steps. You know, though that's a, but that's special. You have to have that to play in the league. You know, Draft Express has him at 35. Chad Ford, I think, has him at 15, I think he could go 10. I think Chad's right on this one. Uh, and I, I really kind of like him. Uh, but, he, you know, can he shoot well enough? And uh, I don't know. He's, he's intriguing to me. The other thing on him, I would say, when I, we interviewed him, his shoulders were really wide. So then I asked him whether or not uh, he'd worked, what his weightlifting had been. He goes, well, I didn't lift at all at high school. And I, I started lifting when I got to college. Well, then you start to think about it. So this guy's had one year of weight training in his entire career, and he's got this incredible gift of speed and burst and length. And you start to wonder a little bit, like, oh, wait a sec. We give him to Mark McCowan and the, Isaiah and the crew, and, and we don't need him right away because we've got a pretty deep team. And, you know, he practices with us and plays for the Salt Lake Stars. And, and all of a sudden you start to get pretty excited about what you might have. And so I, I think, you know, there's been these players that you're shooting the moon a little bit on, but I think you're, um, they're interesting. So anybody in the, the kid out of Notre Dame, uh, Jackson, DeMar- yeah. it was uh, not DeMarcus, uh, I got his first name wrong, but he, he was in. Um, What's the difference, though? They're going to trade the pick. I don't think they are. I think they are. Uh, I know that's what everybody thinks, but I'm going to go with they aren't. Two reasons I don't think they're going to trade the pick. Um, one, I think there's an understanding in the organization that hopefully this is the last time they have a chance to add a player of this caliber via the draft. Uh, the second reason I don't think they'll trade the pick is because uh, rookie salary scale actually is even more valuable than it's ever been because while the salary cap's going up, the salary scale's not changing. And the third th- reason I don't think they'll trade the pick is I think it's incredibly hard to find a trade partner. Um, you know, even just go back to Rodney Hood draft, uh, the Jazz tried to acquire about the six picks before Rodney Hood to go tr- get Rodney Hood, and... Um, you know, you didn't, uh, you know, and you couldn't, the Jazz trying to trade for that pick couldn't go get it. And so, and even if you look at last year when supposedly Danny Ainge goes and offers five, you know, picks for number nine, trading picks is actually just a very hard thing. And the, some of the trading picks will be easier after July 1st, which makes this draft that I could really bore you to death with that. If you want to get into it, we can, but, um, 
it'll be much easier for teams to trade some of these players after July 1st than at the draft. Okay, so then how are they going to acquire the veterans that Dennis wants? Uh, some of it could be cap space. Okay. Um, some of it could be, um, I think it should have to be trades. Because I think you know specific players that they want. I personally do or that they do? I think you do. I know they do, but I think you know what they, the players that they want. Maybe. Some oh. of them, I don't know. I mean, you probably don't know the entire list, yeah. But I think you have an idea. I think I, I think I think three or four players they would they would be. No, I don't have that. Um, I don't have that. I don't want. I don't want to pretend that I have that. Or I, I think there's a there's a quest to add some depth. Right. Um, I think priority one might be to add, if possible, to add depth from the top down rather than from the bottom up. Sure. Which I think is an interesting way to look at it. Um, That'd be great. Uh, yep. Uh, I think there's an a goal to add versatility. Uh, for example, we couldn't put a lineup out with five shooters last year. Um, be nice to be able to do that. We really couldn't go small very well last year when Joe Ingles is your four, uh, or Gordon. You know, we didn't. You know, Gordon Hayward. I actually think can play the four a little bit, but you better have the three that's playing next to him that's equally as big in some way. Or Exum. Yeah, right. You know, you. I mean, you know, when X. You know, I think. So sometimes we forget that, you know, the Exum injury then coupled with Alec Burks, you now lost two of your wing players. Well, now your versatility of what you're even doing with the wing is gone. And then the roster wasn't built with a shooting five. I, I think they'd like a shooting five. It may be a really mundane name in some ways, but I think, you know, like I, John Lore is a name that I would be really interested in signing out of Phoenix. Um, he's nothing special and it's not even clear if he's a good three point shooter. He's had years where he's been good and years where he's been bad, but I, I would, I wouldn't mind having, having the ability to have five shooters on the floor, and I don't want to spend a huge amount of money on it, so that's the kind of player right. that, would, that would match to me. Because I think the primary three, the primary minutes at the, of the bigs are going to be Gobert, Favors, and Lyles. And I don't, I'm not a fan of blowing this thing up. I, I just... I, I, not yet. No, there's just too many, there's too much success on the floor with the core guys on the floor and not having the whole thing together enough to do that. Uh, and I actually think what is successful in the NBA right now is not nearly as defined as people want to make it. The Warriors are successful, but the Warriors are unique. And that model has not been successful for other teams. So I think it's not clear at all what the what the clear model you have to build to be but successful. I, I think to a degree it is clear in that they have a lot of veteran guys off that bench. You see what I'm saying? Uh, I understand the style and all that, but I'm talking about the, the roster makeup. When you can bring in tried and proven NBA guys at virtually every spot. They're not superstars. They may have been very good at a time. They have a little lesser now, but they still can come in. We've seen that with Curry going out. Well, I'm not sure whether I just do too many interviews or I don't have enough original thoughts. But I have a feeling that everybody's already heard this from me a thousand times. But I am a huge believer, and I do this every year when the season starts. I look at the the nine-man rotation of every team. And I think I can pick the standings pretty close based on how many players on your team are doing the role a role never done before. So if I look through and I see, oh, Rodney Hood's your starting shooting guard, and he's never started as a shooting guard before, I 
Rudy Gobert is your starting center, and he's never started as a center before. And I go down the list, and Trey Lyles is a rotation player. He's never been in. Howell Neto is a rotation player, and he's never been before. And I see that. And last year we had four of those guys, and then five if you included Chris Johnson once the injuries came. We had five guys who were playing roles that they'd never played before. I can guarantee you you will not make the playoffs. Okay, so then can you guarantee us then next year that they will because all those guys will be in Well, I think that's how you have a chance. Right, so Rodney Hood will be better next year as a second-year starter. Rudy Gobert will be better next year as a second-year starter. And, and you know, Andre Iguodala is a former all-star number one option for six years in Philadelphia is coming off your bench. Like, though, in, in Golden State, to your point, so he's clearly done that role or role superior. As much as everyone talks about how incredible Portland was last year, and they were awesome. If I do this correctly, I believe they only had one player playing a role they'd never had before in C.J. McCollum, and he was terrific. But if you walk through the rest of it, Plumlee was a starting center in, in Brooklyn. Uh... Mo Harkless had started 100 games in Orlando. Al Farouk Aminu had started about 200 games in his career at three different locations. And certainly Ed Davis had been a starter in Charlotte, was now coming off the bench. Uh, Gerald Henderson had started 200 games in Charlotte, was now coming off their bench. So see, you looked at them at the beginning. That's why I was not – I had them as a borderline playoff team because I, I looked at that and said, wait a sec. They're they're mix matching. They're all and then also in my world of what I think is important, which is above average use of possession above league average. They almost all had done that in their career, and the question was just when you maximized yeah. possession. And they so, had a scoring star, right? And they actually have two of them now, right? And and CJ so, McCollum was great. Like you, you just very you know. good, yeah. But but see, but that that was all last year for the Jazz. So now they've got all these guys who've had this experience. Plus, you've just named. Your theory, which obviously makes sense, you just cited two examples of two teams that were playing in the second round based on all those guys. So I, maybe it's way easier said than done, but there's the I model. Mean, go do it. Right. I mean, I've got, right, I've got dreams of what you do with this team and, and put it together and, and, and what that model is. And, you know, how, like I, I have talked about personally that I would go take a risk on Rudy Gay. I, I think he's an elite 20-point-a-game scorer. He had a terrible year last year. The year before, though, they put the ball in his hands, and he was really good. He's a, he's an elite-level athlete. Uh, he would lessen the burden on everyone involved. That's adding depth to the top down. How comfortable are you with Dante? Are you willing to go give up your 12th pick of the draft? You know, can you do Alec Burke? I'm making crap up, but just how your pieces work. Alec Burks and Trey Burke for Rudy Gay. Can you do... Uh, you know, take your first – now, do you risk and now take your first-round draft pick and try to bring in a, a bona fide point guard so Dante's landing is is softer? Well, now now all of a sudden if you do those two things and, and you're definitely mortgaging a little bit to do that and you really got a high risk factor because now all of a sudden if you do something like this, you have Drew Holiday, Gordon Hayward, and Rudy Gay all as free agents next year. And, and to some extent my feeling on this is that that's worth the risk. And if Gordon leaves – you restart it, and then you're restarting with Exum, Hood, Gobert, and Lyles, and we got to go through the process again, right? And and, and that's what you end up having to do. Um, I I think we have to build this team, and I, you know, hey, this is easy for me to say. I'm on the radio. I don't have to keep a job, but I think you build this team with the risk, with a higher risk level. And if Gordon leaves, then you do have to hit a restart button, um, and that's unfortunate. But if you build it right, maybe 
maybe Gordon sticks around and Rudy, you let you let Rudy Gay go because Rodney Hood's taking the next jump. You let Drew Holiday go because Exum's made the next jump, and then you keep building from there. David, thank you, and thank you for being here. It is a great cause. You know what? Thanks out, to Craig Bolajak. I mean, he, really, Craig does this. Is he's passionately involved in uh, <laughs> in supporting the breast cancer uh, awareness and research. They raise a lot of money. The city of Sandy does a great job with this. But Craig's commitment to this is is just tremendous, and to be here is, you know. The, it's not an effort to, to try to show, you know, give some support to Craig and what he does. Thanks, David. You you are the man. More DJ and PK coming up next. Stay tuned. Live from River Oaks Golf Course, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.